back! In the last episode, we uncovered one of Satan's counterfeits of having your loins girt about with truth, and that was to have an allegiance to self instead of an allegiance to God. Did you notice any examples of this in what you read or watched during the week? Did you find yourself being tempted to be prideful and to do things your way instead of counseling with the Lord and following His will? Did you see any false ladders you might be climbing and how you might be feeling while trying to climb them? What was your view of people? Did you see them as amazing children of God? Or did Satan tempt you to treat them as obstacles to what you wanted? Did you notice a tendency towards a scarcity mindset? Or were you able to be happy for people and their successes, knowing there is an abundance of opportunities, enough for all? Did you notice if you were embracing truth and reality or shielding yourself from it? Did you trust in the Lord's truths or rope and yoke with him, losing your life in his service? Did you see if your life is in alignment with the true definition of success? There were a lot of things to ponder from last week. Hopefully the discussion helped to open your eyes to better see Satan's tactics as you went about your week. In this episode, we are going to discuss how Satan tries to get us to honor man over God. When we drift and give our allegiance to man, we are in a sense trusting in the, quote, experts, following the crowd, or worrying about what other people think. This counterfeit worldly armor is heavy and awkward to do battle in because man's opinions are always changing. The Quote, experts are always discovering how it really is or should be done. Following the crowd, you find, is like following people who are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4.14 Worrying about what everyone thinks is a capricious source for self-worth and direction. You will never please everyone, nor will you ever get clear advice or direction about a weak rope and being anchored to an unstable source. I'd first like to talk about these supposed experts we have a tendency to trade out God for. I will share four areas that I discovered I was falling into this trap. They are in the education of our children, the seeking of good health, the effort to understand God, and in the governing of our country. I found it was far too easy to turn over my responsibility and ownership to an expert to do the thinking for me. When we have an allegiance to God, we will turn to Him to help guide our decisions and ultimately our future. Seeking for answers from the Lord is work, but I have discovered it is worth the effort. It is false armor to think someone else will take care of it or figure it out for you. The Lord loves us more than anyone else. He is the only one that is all-knowing, loving, and powerful. We need to turn to Him for direction. Now don't get me wrong. I believe Heavenly Father has inspired talented people to fulfill missions in these very areas of expertise. People can be good and knowledgeable in their fields. But where we go wrong, and where we are symbolically choosing to put on Saul's worldly armor... Satan's counterfeit, is when we set aside our responsibility. We are ultimately responsible for our own decisions and futures. We are responsible for our knowledge, 
health, spirituality, and freedoms. Our children are ultimately responsible for themselves, too. But our role as parents is to inspire and teach them, but always leaving the ownership in their hands. When Saul was offering David his armor, he was in a sense telling David the best way to fight the battle using his expertise. When we turn to man, make sure it is after you have turned to the Lord, your captain, and are simply turning to man to gain more knowledge as part of the process of using the truth triangle, where you first turn to the Lord in prayer to guide you, second, gain all the knowledge you can and study it out in your mind, third, see how you feel in your heart with that decision, And then you come back to the top of the triangle and again turn to the Lord in prayer for confirmation and further insight. You and the Lord are a team. Man is only there to assist you like a symbolic slingshot or tool. With the Lord's guidance and your hard work, your symbolic rocks will fly through the air with precision and power. The Lord often works through small and simple means, as represented by the slingshot compared to the armor. And he often works through other people to accomplish his works. He may prompt you to go about something in a totally different way that is often quite simple. Remember, his ways are not always our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. It is Satan who loves to intimidate us by his fancy, sophisticated methods and much speaking, causing us to think we can't learn unless we are taught by a college professor, or we can't solve our health problems unless a doctor tells us what to do. Or we can't understand the scriptures unless we have a clergyman explain it to us, etc. We can learn a tremendous amount from people and what they have learned. But remember, the Lord knows more than man ever will. So make him your number one counselor when seeking direction for your life. There is a fantastic quote found in the Book of Mormon. It confirms that the Lord wants us to turn to him for guidance. Quote, Counsel with the Lord in all thy doings and he will direct thee for good. Yea, when thou liest down at night, lie down unto the Lord, that he may watch over you in your sleep. And when thou risest in the morning, let thy heart be full of thanks unto God. And if you do these things, ye shall be lifted up at the last day. We can counsel with the Lord about anything. Our whole lives should be carried out with him as our partner and counselor. The Lord wants to see us put forth effort, though. He in all ways is working to help us to become better people, and that involves requiring us to observe, think, learn, feel, and inquire of Him, or in other words, use the truth triangle. With the direction we receive from the Lord, we can then go forward with faith. We don't have to be afraid of offending man by choosing the way Heavenly Father inspires us to go. Our allegiance is to God, not man. I'm going to expound on the first example of how we are turning ownership over into the hands of experts. Then I will briefly talk about the last three to get you thinking and on your own path of noticing more of these tendencies in your own life. My first example is about education. I have four kids ranging from 12 to 19. When I was a young mom and sending my kids off to school, I remember wanting my kids to be the best they could be and dutifully listening to what the teacher said I needed to be working with them on at home. I was sure they knew what was best. After all, they had went to school for this, and had been teaching kids for many years. 
but I discovered that while my first child excelled in the competitive atmosphere of school, my other children did not. They begged to be homeschooled. But I was sure that I could not do as good of a job as these trained teachers. Through the years, I visited with the teachers to see how I could help them, quote, catch up. We spent from the time school got out until dinner, and often later trying to make their poor little brains comprehend topics that quite often they hadn't even matured in that way of thinking yet. I saw their self-esteem going down as they mistakenly translated in their mind that all their struggles to learn meant that they weren't as smart as the other kids. Sadly, because I held on to the fear that they wouldn't turn out as well if I taught them at home, and the fear that other people would look down on them, I continued to send them to school. For many more years, the teachers and I stubbornly tried to make my kids fit the one-size-fits-all mold that the school was only physically able to offer. One of my daughters had a particularly awful teacher in her second grade year. The teacher had very little patience for her. I petitioned to the principal to have her switch to a different class, but was denied. I accepted the expert's opinion that my daughter needed to learn how to handle the various teachers that she would encounter through her life. What really was the case was that my daughter needed to learn how to be a robot. Since some of my kids spent so much time doing the homework the teachers had given, they had little time to do those things they loved to do and which they were good at. They began to hate learning and didn't see the reason for learning all that they were being asked to learn. One daughter was always asking when she was ever going to use this in her life. I figured the administrators had it all figured out as to what would give everyone a good base of knowledge, and I encouraged her to just persevere and trust that she'd use this later in her life. Only did I come to learn later that she was really the smart one. She was smart enough to question the sanity of the situation. Who is to say what is best for one to learn, and when they are to learn it? and how they are to learn it. Here I was encouraging her not to think and question, but to just do as she was told. I myself was encouraging her to be a robot, and she was smart enough to know that this didn't feel right. I eventually did ignore Satan's feelings of fear that I couldn't do a good job teaching my kids, and I offered to homeschool my kids, and they all chose to learn at home. I partnered with the Lord to learn how to teach them, and he comforted and guided me. He led me to a more Christ-like way of teaching them that didn't involve using control, force, and manipulation, but instead made them take ownership for their education. I was able to offer them an education that included the developing and using of their gifts and talents, and a focus on preparing them for their unique missions. It is a blessing that we're all unique. It is because we all have unique missions to fulfill. Heavenly Father doesn't want us all to be robots of the same mold. Because fulfilling missions will be a lifelong responsibility, they will be lifelong learners, because learning is now a way of life. Learning has now become fun, the way it should be. I came to realize how much the government's initiative of No Child Left Behind was a lot like Satan's plan in heaven, where he said, Behold, here am I, send me, I will be thy son and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost, and surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor. That's found in Moses 4.1. Satan didn't believe we could make good choices on our own, 
so he offered to ensure our obedience and safe return to heaven by forcing us to be good. How grateful I am that the Lord chose Jesus Christ to be our Savior and that we were able to keep our agency. What is amazing is that if we help our kids see their potential and worth, teach them correct principles, and guide them to have an allegiance to God, they will of their own free will and choice begin to govern their lives with great self-control. I was amazed at how my kids struggled when we first started homeschooling, particularly the ones who had been in school the longest. They were so used to being told what to do, when to do it, and what to think about things that they really went through a paradigm shift. Instead of constantly worrying about what their peers would think about how they dressed and acted, and instead of worrying about what they needed to do to please the teachers, they were free to explore what they felt was important in life, what their missions were, and how they needed to prepare for them. Once they identified what their dreams and missions for the future were, and what it would take to achieve those, they created a list of things they wanted to study. They saw a reason to learn. They were gaining a higher purpose. Instead of learning so that they could get a good grade or to get into college so that they could get a good job, they learned that Heavenly Father needed their gifts and talents for specific missions to serve people. They began gaining meaning and purpose in their life, and they were happy. I was amazed at how their relations with each other improved, too. When they were in school, they were so used to living in a pecking order, where they were grouped by ages, and then within that, they created friend cliques, so that when they came home, they would naturally feel their younger siblings were below them and pick on them. Now they have learned to work with people of all ages. I also realized their ability to think for themselves had greatly been affected by always being told what to do and what to think. It shocked me greatly when I asked one of them what they thought about a certain topic, whether it was right or wrong. And she looked at me blankly and then started to get a bit upset as this was new territory to talk about applying things to her life. She was frustrated at this turn in her education. She had excelled in following the teacher's directions. And now I was asking her to do the thinking. One day I asked her what she thought she could do to improve a paper that she had written. She didn't know what to think. After a pause, she replied in frustration, Just tell me what you want me to do to fix my paper. This was heartbreaking for me. I realized how Satan had convinced me to buy into the expert's way of education because it was for my kids' supposed best interest. But what he was really doing was encouraging me to let them do the thinking for me, convincing me that they knew what was best. Satan wants to do the thinking for us because then we become mentally numb. When we are mentally numb, we are easily controlled. As a family, we set a goal to become better thinkers. We began reading books with the goal of improving our ability to think and apply the stories to our own lives and to see how we could become great young men and women and make the world a better place. It has made a world of difference. Soon after starting homeschooling, I was helping my son one day with his grammar exercises and noticed how he visibly shrunk in stature when I would point out any correction he was supposed to make but had missed. It caused me to ponder and wonder why he was so sensitive about these mistakes. In my mind, this was not a big deal. He was learning. It was natural he would miss some. We're all on a journey, learning and progressing as a part of it. 
As I pondered, the Lord helped me to see that he was taking these mistakes as a reflection of him and his worth. Wow, no! I began to see that of course kids don't see mistakes as okay, because they have learned that these mistakes result in poor grades, and these poor grades accumulate on an academic record that stays with them for many, many years. Even though he wasn't being graded anymore, he had created that mindset that mistakes were a sign of his self-worth. Kids have learned that they are being compared with other kids and judged whether they are measuring up. They have come to feel that school is just a series of competitions, comparisons, grades, awards, and accomplishments, instead of it truly being about learning and their good effort. How very opposite to the Lord's plan of salvation and happiness, where there is forgiveness and the blessing of being able to fix our mistakes and try again. When we repent of our mistakes, the Lord wipes them away. He remembers them no more. Our slate is clean. We will remember them so as to remind us of how it feels to do wrong, but it isn't forever in our book of life, the equivalent of our academic record. If making mistakes wasn't an important part of life, Heavenly Father wouldn't have given us our agency. Using the stick method, where we try to force, or even the carrot method, where we try to bribe, doesn't compare with the method of using love. That is the Lord's plan. Give them their agency. Send loving role models, parents, prophets, and the ultimate role model of the Savior, to teach them correct principles. Inspire them through the Spirit, and then let them learn. Yes, they will make mistakes. But a better word to replace the phrase, they've made a mistake, would be that they have created an opportunity to learn. To learn what is true, what is false, what is right, what is wrong, what makes me feel bad, and what helps me to be truly happy. We are all a work in progress in this journey of life. Some of the best things we can do for our kids to learn this lesson is to set the example of forgiving others instead of being judgmental of their imperfections or mistakes. We can strive to reach our own personal best and not compare ourselves with others. We can speak positively about our opportunities to learn and not get down on ourselves when we make mistakes. We can even demonstrate for them how to figuratively brush ourselves off with a smile on our face Show them that we are going to try again. Most importantly, we can teach them of the wonderful gift of our Savior's atonement that makes it all possible to have our mistakes wiped clean and to be forgiven when we repent. Lastly, we can focus on complementing efforts and not giving attention to grades, rewards, or accomplishments. Effort is what counts in the Lord's eyes. When our allegiance is to God, then the opinions of everyone else don't have any weight. You are striving to please God by becoming the best you can be, and you are striving to learn so that you can better serve Him and His children. I'll briefly share a few more examples to get you on your way to seeing more of these tendencies in your own life. Another example of when we give over our responsibility or ownership is concerning our health. This was another one that I willingly bought into following the experts. I had a daughter that struggled with focusing, and that really impacted her schooling. The teacher recommended I take her to the doctor for Ritalin. I had reservations, but did it anyway. 
On this medicine, she was a new kid, but not in a normal good way. It was like she became the robot that the school had been wanting, but she was not my same happy girl. That lasted about two days, and my feelings won. I took her off of it. I followed the truth triangle process and began studying everything I could about ADD and discovered that often it is due to what kids are eating and allergies. I continued to pray and seek guidance from the Lord and felt prompted to try an elimination diet to find any allergies. It was amazing. We began to see her ability to focus improve. We found that she was allergic to just about every protein. While her ability to focus was better, we knew she couldn't live without protein. I pled with the Lord for more direction about what we could do about these allergies, and he led us to an alternative doctor that was able to treat them. The Lord knew just what she needed, and I am so thankful he prompted me to turn to him instead of the experts. Once my eyes were open to this counterfeit of Satan's to have an allegiance to man, I began to notice how many people were mad at their doctors. It was as if they had turned the future of their health solely over to the doctors to figure it out for them, and they were mad that they hadn't figured it out for them yet. We really can't expect a doctor who spends 10 minutes with us in an appointment to keep thinking about our case when he has a day filled with appointments. We also can't expect them to have all the answers. They have limited training, often only in prescribing medicine, when changing our diet may be all that's needed. If we are to take ownership, we could start with a prayer for guiding help, then do our part to study all we can, learn what we can from several doctors, and then turn to the Lord again for direction. Beware of feelings of fear. They don't come from the Lord. Take your time and make informed decisions. You don't have to do whatever a doctor tells you to do. As much as we would like to assume the best in people, the fact is that we are imperfect people, often with selfish motives. Whenever getting the advice from anyone, in any aspect of our life, not just in the medical industry, we would be wise to ask ourselves, what is their agenda or motive for giving me this advice? Sadly, quite often, their motivation isn't for our best welfare, but for their own. Furthering their business, trying to please others, keeping themselves out of trouble, etc. We must be wise and take ownership, and most importantly, partner with the Lord. As you do so, you'll be amazed at the peace and power you feel. My third example relates to our responsibility for finding truth in regards to religion. There are churches out there in abundance. It would be so very wise of us to turn to the Lord and let Him guide us to what is right, who He is, and what His truths are. We can study and learn for ourselves from what is written in the scriptures and what you hear preached by various professors of religion, but then do as James directs. Quote, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not and it shall be given him. James 1.5 We have a blessing and privilege to be able to ask God for a knowledge of what is truth and which church has it. But he wants us to do our part. We must study it out in our minds, feel with our hearts, come to a decision, and then ask God if we are right. If we are, we'll feel a warmth and peace come to us.
we're not right, we'll feel unsettled as if we aren't sure. We can keep praying and asking him to guide our search. He wants us to know, but he also intended this life to be one of learning and discovery and one of faith. If all things were shown to us immediately upon asking, we wouldn't need to have faith and we wouldn't go through the struggle that draws us close to him. Lastly is the temptation to turn over our responsibility for our freedoms. It is so tempting when we are busy trying to fulfill our missions that we feel we just can't juggle another thing. But blindly turning the leading of our country over to the experts is dangerous. Doctrine and Covenants section 121 verse 39 states, quote, We have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men as soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. Close quote. Remember our scripture in Ephesians, quote, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. End quote. Satan loves to tempt those in power or leadership positions. We must be vigilant in keeping them in check, letting them know what we want and in keeping our government officials in line with the Constitution. The Constitution is an inspired document given to us by God so that we would have a free country. We have allowed so many changes to be made to it that we have allowed the government to run away with itself, and we are the ones to blame. The leaders of the government are there to serve us. We must let them know what we think and believe. Are you starting to see the heaviness of worldly armor? We think we are being protected or taken care of, but we are really exchanging true power and protection for man's imperfect version. One way it is heavy is because in your heart and in the back of your mind, there is a sense that you know you're wrong to turn it over to someone else to take care of it. But Satan convinces you that the experts will do a better job. Don't do it. Counsel with the Lord. Learn, think, feel, and act. Or in other words, partner with the Lord and keep your ownership. As we do so, we will feel the power of girding ourselves with his truth. He is our captain. His armor is light and freeing. And it gives us access to his wisdom, power, love, and joy. I would just like to reiterate, so hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm against education, health, and governing professionals and religious clergymen that these are men and women striving to fulfill their missions and are often very talented and informative in helping us learn and gain knowledge as a part of the truth triangle steps. I myself would love to be a teacher or go into the field of health when my youth leave home. I feel the Spirit drawing me to learn about both those areas so that I can possibly fulfill missions in those areas. What I am emphasizing is the need to take ownership and partner with the Lord in all areas of our life, and not to give in to the natural man, human tendency, to just let someone else tell you what to do or what is true, and miss out on the best source of wisdom, which is from the Lord. I'd like to take a break in this audio right now, so as not to rush through all this information, but instead provide an opportunity for us to pause, think, and observe how we might be being influenced by Satan in the area of turning to experts, or in other words, an allegiance to man instead of God. I really invite you to ponder on this 
And when you're ready, feel free to join us for part two. See you in a bit.